Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Gift of Grace on the Word 1220. This is Phil Giuliani here again on another awesome Sunday night. And this is the Gift of Grace where we read and teach God's Word, and we proclaim the kingdom and salvation in Jesus the Messiah. So I hope you had an awesome Christmas season, New Year's time, and today we are having the first program of the new year, the new program, the first program of 2024, and this weekend the church generally commemorates the Feast of the Epiphany. The Epiphany means a manifestation, and it, of course, refers to the three wise men, the three kings. They go by some different names. First of all, we don't even know that there were three of them. We assume there were three because there are three gifts that are mentioned. But there may have been five, there may have been seven, there may have been two. They brought three gifts. So for the sake of argument, we'll assume that there were three of them. And we know that they came a long distance. And the main thing that we know is that they were not Jews. They definitely were Gentiles. They came from the lands of the East. And the interesting thing now is the recently born Messiah. And I say that because we don't know when that was. We don't know if Yeshua was two weeks old, two months old, a year old. We don't know. We don't know how this fits in with the with the uh, flight into Egypt where Joseph had to take the baby and his mother into Egypt to escape the um, murder of the innocents, the murder of the boys two years old and less by King Herod. We don't know exactly when that took place. So we don't know exactly when the Magi got there, but they came about 750,000, 1,200 miles. We don't even know if they all came from the same place, but say they came 1,000 miles and they came by camel, so there's no way they would have gotten there in a week or even two. So the timing is... Not known, but one thing for sure is that they were Gentiles. And the feast was named Epiphany in the early days of the church because it was a manifestation of the newborn Messiah to the Gentiles. These men that came were Gentiles. They came seeking Messiah, and Messiah was manifested to them in a very powerful way. And they worshiped and submitted themselves to him in a very powerful way. Because as we've been talking about through this um, Christmas time, the birth of Jesus, the, the birth of the Messiah, was pretty obscure, pretty much unnoticed. It was out in a small town, and it wasn't far from Jerusalem, but the people who were there were common people, shepherds, who I mentioned were second-class citizens, and angels came from heaven to announce the birth of the new Messiah, the birth of the Messiah, I should say, to these kind of 
uneducated, simple people who made their living taking care of sheep. They were generally looked down on by educated people. And the fact that the Messiah was not born in Jerusalem, was not born in a palace, was not born at the temple, but was born in this obscurity in a place where animals were taken care of and placed in a feeding trough that animals used to eat hay out of. This is not exactly what the Jews of the time were expecting. As you know, the promise of Messiah went on for, we don't know how many years, thousands of years. There are many, many passages in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, about the Messiah being a warrior, being a king. There are also passages, as you know, about the Messiah's suffering and being a sacrifice and being a suffering servant. And there are also passage, many passages about Gentiles coming into the kingdom after Messiah does the work that he came to earth to do. But his birth, the birth itself was very obscure. The Jews felt Messiah, you know, should be born with royalty, with power, not with shepherds and stables and animals around. And interestingly enough, the fact that these magi come from a far distance and the fact that they were Gentiles fulfilled many of the passages, especially in the book of Isaiah, but also kind of generally fulfilled the idea that it prefigured the idea that Gentiles would come to the Messiah and Jews, the chosen people, for the most part, would not. So it, it, it's kind of an interesting um, foretelling of what was going to happen as well as a fulfillment of what had gone on, and we're going to mention a little bit of it. But I assume you all know the scripture, but it's from Matthew. We're going to take Matthew 2, 1 through 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When, then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came in the place where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when they and then they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. So they saw a star in the east. Now, these were educated men. They're thought they're sometimes called kings. They're sometimes known as astrologers. The name magi comes from the word for magic. And we, we don't know exactly what they were doing. But we know, and I think we've talked about before in some of the teachings that I do, in the book of Numbers, chapter 24, when Balaam, the pagan priest, we're not going to go into all that, but he was hired to curse the Israelites and, of course, could not curse them and gave a blessing. In, in Numbers twenty four seventeen, he says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. So there's, this is in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, and of course, their leaders that we just read quote from the prophet Micah in chapter 5, verse 2, where he specifically says that Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem. It's really quite remarkable. And so the Magi probably knew something of the Hebrew Scriptures, and they may have known this uh, prophecy of the star. I don't know, but it's conceivable. And of course, if they worked in astrology, there, there was a common feeling that when a new large star appeared, a very important person had been born. But here, um, we see an interesting fact that Herod, who's the king, doesn't know these things. Herod wasn't particularly spiritual. He was half Jew, half Gentile. He really could have cared less about religion. He had enlarged the temple and made the temple much nicer than it was because he wanted the people to like him. The Romans left him in power. In fact, he served at their pleasure. So he wanted to keep things quiet. He was a puppet king. And going back to Genesis 49 and verse 10, Jacob prophesies that the, the scepter will depart from Judah when Shiloh comes. Shiloh was another name for Messiah, from the same root as Shalom, peace. So the kings from the east, the magi, the wise men, kind of knew all of these things, had some sense of the Hebrew scriptures. And here we see God using stars and maybe even some of the astrological things that the wise men did back in their own land for his own purposes. Because, in fact, the most important, the most important person who's ever lived was born, and it was, in fact, foretold by a star. And these men saw the star and knew that some of these things had been fulfilled. And they're called men of the East. Now, East, of course, is a huge thing. When, when the Jews said people from the East, they usually meant Arabia and the desert areas to the east of Israel. And a lot of these people had also come to 
pay homage to um, David and Solomon when they were reigning. And so it wasn't unusual. Plus, there were desert caravans. There was trade going on. And also from Egypt and, and other parts of North Africa. So this was not unusual for people to be traveling. So these men from the east came, and they give the reason for their coming. And that is that they saw a star. And it says, we saw his star. And they go to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem, of course, was the important city. The important city. And maybe they thought, well, when this new king is born, he's going to be born there. They kind of look around and they expect everybody's going to be talking about this, and they're not. They look around and expect people are going to be worshiping him, and they're not. And they, these three pagan wise men from the east, call him the king of the Jews. In fact, they say, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We came all this way because we want to see him. We want to honor him. We want to worship him. They wanted to worship him, the one they call the king of the Jews. So interestingly, pagan people come looking for the king of the Jews, want to honor and worship him, and indicate in some way that he also is their king. And this is, of course, the journey of the Gentiles. And as I always do in all my Friday night teachings at One in Messiah and other places, the remarkable evangelization that went on by Paul and Peter and the others, all the Jewish evangelists of the first century that went into Gentile pagan areas in Europe and in the Middle East and in North Africa and preached the Jewish Messiah to people who did not know anything about Judaism, who didn't know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, didn't know about the temple, didn't know about the sacrificial system, didn't know that the Jews were waiting for a Messiah. And frankly, they could have cared less about these things. They had their own lives to live. But these evangelists that went and preached to them, through the action of the Holy Spirit, these Gentile pagan people, most of them come to faith in the Jewish Messiah. It's really quite amazing. They weren't looking for him to fulfill what Isaiah said. People who aren't looking for me are going to find me. People who don't know me are going to know me. All of a sudden, they realized that the God of Israel was the true God and that Jesus was his Messiah, was the Christ. So that's really pretty remarkable. So these men, let's say there's three of them, these three men came from a far place. They went through a long, uncomfortable journey to find him. It's a journey to find him. How about us? Some people are on a journey to find him. Some people go through spiritual journeys, looking for truth, seeking what they can believe, and find him. Some people are just enlightened and converted, and 
like Saul of Tarsus and many others, who are suddenly converted just even if they're not seeking, which also fulfills the, the prophecies of Isaiah and, and, and many other. So they went on this long, uncomfortable journey just to find him. And they ask where he is. There's no question in their minds that he has been born. They're asking around. They don't say to themselves, well, maybe he's been born. We know it's going to be pretty soon. Maybe the star came first. I don't know. Maybe he hasn't been born. There's no question in their mind that this child has been born. And they ask. And who do they ask? Well, they ask the king, who's the, of course, civil, secular leader, and ask the religious people who are also standing there. And they have no clue what they're talking about. They know all the scripture. They know all the prophecy. They know Micah's prophecy about Messiah being born in Bethlehem. They know the, the passage of Balaam talking about a star coming from Jacob and a scepter coming from Judah. But they don't put this together. And this, of course, also has implications for today, like everything else in Scripture. Scripture is timeless, and so it, it has implication for every time. This isn't just for the first century, and I'm reminded of some passages in the book, The Song of Songs, which is one of my favorite books, and we're not going to get into that, certainly. But it's about looking for the beloved. And sometimes people that should help lead us to Christ don't. Sometimes people who are educated in theology, that know all the theory, that know all the rules, that know all the laws— of whatever denomination you're talking about. They know all the details of every document and everything, but they don't lead us to Christ. They have forgotten what the basis is. They have forgotten what the gospel is. And so sometimes people who should be leading us to Christ don't. So this is kind of an interesting interaction here because Herod asks them, where is the Christ to be born? And they don't hesitate. They don't say, we have to go look it up. They don't say, we have to go back up to the temple and, and look through some of the prophecies. They don't say, well, you know, it's going to take us a couple of days to figure. No, they immediately say, in Bethlehem. Now, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. If you were standing we don't know where they were, but if you were standing at the Temple Mount, or the base of the Temple Mount, the center of the old city of Jerusalem, Bethlehem is 10 miles from there at the most. It's probably 8 or 10 miles from there. In fact, when my wife and I go, the, the uh, little hotel, the little bed and breakfast place we stay at Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, which is very near the old city, by car on a city street, you drive about 10 to 15 minutes and you're in Bethlehem. It's very close by. And so 
they say the Messiah is going to be born in Bethlehem, the city of David. The angels told the shepherds that that day the Lord was born in the city of David, that he was the Savior. They know the prophecy. Gentiles came because of the stars. The Magi came because of the star. The religious leaders who spend all their time, and I can't even overemphasize this, and you can see it even today when you go to Jerusalem, they spend all of their time studying the scripture and debating Torah, discussing the prophets. But they missed this. Herod, now, when he hears this, he gets a little worried because he's the king of the Jews. These guys come saying, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Well, he's the king of the Jews. He doesn't want another king of the Jews. He doesn't want somebody else to take his power, to take his throne. After all, he's the king. And we don't know what he knew about, quote, the religion, unquote, probably not a lot. But one thing for sure, he doesn't want all these scriptures fulfilled. He doesn't want his reign ended. He doesn't want a powerful figure to come and be king, which is, of course, what the majority of people had in mind. The Messiah would come, reestablish the kingdom of David and Solomon, drive out the Gentiles, and they would again have a golden age. Well, Herod, of course, doesn't want that. So Herod covers his evil intent with some false claims of religion. Okay, you guys, go find him, and when you do, come back and tell me so that I can go worship him too. I want to go worship him too, but you guys go find him and then let me know where he is. So his evil intent is covered by false piety, false claim of religion. So when they hear this talk about Bethlehem, they start toward that way. They see the star again. And the interesting thing is these three pagan Gentiles who have come a thousand miles on camels. I don't know how many of you have been on a camel, but I was on a camel once and I will never do it again. But a camel kind of plods along with somebody riding it, plus all their possessions and baggage and so forth. To go a thousand miles would be a very arduous journey on a very smelly animal. They came a thousand miles to find this baby. No one, not a single person that we are told in the scripture, bothers to go with them, bothers to go eight or ten miles from the Temple Mount to where the Messiah is in the city of David. Not one single person goes. The Magi came from so far away the Jewish leaders won't go to the next town. And these were the covenant people. These were his people. His people. And the Magi go, just the three of them. It's interesting because it also teaches us the lesson that we have to go to him. We have to go to worship him. We have to go to serve him, even if nobody else goes. If not one other single person in the world goes, we have to go. 
if not one single person in the world other than us believe it, well, we still believe it. So they were determined, and they went, even though no one went with them. And when they got there, it says, they rejoiced. Well, they rejoiced when they saw the star again. They rejoiced when he got there, when they got to the, to the place. We don't know what it was. And so God guides them to the baby with the star, and he guides us to the baby if we open ourselves to that. So they found the child, they found his mother in this poor situation. They were rich, very rich men, but they didn't care about the poor situation. They didn't care. They discerned the glory of this little child, infant, despite the poor situation, despite the poor circumstances. And they give their gifts. In Psalm 72 and Isaiah 60, prophesy what these gifts would be. Gold because of his kingly authority, frankincense to worship him, and myrrh, which was a burial spice to show us why he came in the first place. Oh, I know the music's been playing. Whew. Well, thanks for joining me today. And I hope you got something out of this teaching about the Magi. We'll probably continue something similar to this next week. So tune in again. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.